Greetings to you, my faithful listeners. It's moi. I've been so moved and encouraged by the wonderful response that I've gotten to people asking them to subscribe, to download episodes, to rate and review. This is so appreciated. It's been a big week for Counter Melody because this is the third episode that I have recorded already this week. I recorded two bonus episodes earlier. First, the long-awaited, or promised at least, episode on Pierre Bernac, for which I was able to find some wonderful, previously unknown by me, very early recordings by Bernac from the year 1935. And then, yesterday, I recorded a bonus episode on Russell Oberlin using material that I was not able to use in the main episode last week. I mentioned how revisiting the career of a fellow countertenor made me very nostalgic for my own no longer active career as a singer, and I actually spent 15 or 20 minutes yesterday just sitting at the piano singing a little bit. It's very, very rusty, but I have to say the voice is still kind of there. I did include a clip of my singing in the episode two weeks ago, the first of the Forgotten Broadway sequence that is concluding with two further episodes, this one and yet another bonus episode that I am producing over the weekend. I did have a correction from the episode two weeks ago. There was a cast recording made of Jimmy on RCA. Those were the days when even shows that were not enormously successful would still receive cast recordings. I also found out from one of my devoted listeners that June Carroll, who introduced the song Guess Who I Saw Today in the New Faces review, was the mother of the composer Steve Reich. Now, that just kind of blew my mind. Anyway, it's time to start the episode, but I did want to mention again, oh my god, I have three new Patreon supporters this week. Gary and Susan, thank you so much for your very generous contribution to the podcast. And also, a great big welcome to Hayes, who I know has been a supporter and listener for a good long time. It's wonderful to welcome you into the Patreon fold as well. Thank you all for your support. If some of you out there want to follow suit, here's what you do. Go to patreon.com countermelody, and you too can pledge your support for any amount from $2 a month on up to $25 a year on up. Boy, I've really gotten habituated to this spiel. As of this weekend, there will now be 42 bonus episodes. So do consider becoming a supporter because there are benefits, in fact, other than just the financial benefit to me. (laughs) Anyway, time to start the show. This is Forgotten Broadway Part 2. Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. As always, I am your host, Daniel Gundlach. No preaching here, no lecturing, well, maybe just a tiny bit of each, but the primary spotlight will always be on the singers that enrich and enhance our lives, no matter what is going on in the world around us. Thanks for joining me. 
now, this week's episode. Yesterday was Leonard Bernstein's 104th birthday, so I thought it would be nice to pay a brief tribute to him. There really isn't much of his music that is forgotten, but certainly the play with music for which he contributed songs, Peter Pan, which played in 1950 and 51 on Broadway, is not a piece that's really revived these days. People know the songs, and I have a performance of the song My House, for which Bernstein wrote both words and music, as he quite frequently did. This is a 1960 recording by Larry Kurt, who created, of course, the role of Tony in West Side Story, and also stepped quite successfully into the main role in Company barely a month after the show opened in 1970. He also appeared in the Sammy Davis quasi-review, Mr. Wonderful. He appeared in an unsuccessful show called A Family Affair, which included music and lyrics by John Kander. He appeared as a replacement late in the run for the role of Cliff in Cabaret. He appeared in two notorious flops in the late 60s, La Strada and Breakfast at Tiffany's, which we will hear more of. I think that's on the bonus episode. He appeared also in the, again, notorious failure Rags by Stephen Schwartz, and his final Broadway appearance was a standby for Peter Allen in his musical version of The Life of Legs Diamond. That's a lot of talk. Let's hear Larry Kurt sing My House by Leonard Bernstein. Build my house of wood Build my house of stone Build my house of brick and Make the ceiling strong, strong against the storm, shelter when the days grow shorter, but build my house of love and paint my house with trusting and warm it with the warmth of your heart. Make the floor of faith, make the walls of truth, put a roof of peace above. Only build my house of love only build my house of love Lerner and Lowe are well known for their many enormous Broadway successes. I would say that probably one of their less successful shows was Paint Your Wagon, which played for only 289 performances in the 51-52 season. I want to pay a brief memorial tribute to Jane Powell, who died nearly a year ago and was 
someone for whom I did some work as personal assistant back in the day. I was very fond of her. She was a wonderful person and performer, and she appeared only once on Broadway, amazingly, as a replacement for Debbie Reynolds in Irene. But of course, she did so many musicals on film. She also appeared on the touring circuit throughout the United States, with her children and animals in tow, I might add. She was a really hard worker. She didn't love to sing. It was funny. It always made her a little anxious. But I have something from Paint Your Wagon with Jane Powell. This was a 1958 studio recording that she made of How Can I Wait? How can I wait? Can I wait till tomorrow comes? Rodgers and Hammerstein were another composer-lyricist duo who had such enormous success. They're less celebrated over here in Europe, and specifically in Germany, where their shows have just really failed to find a foothold. To some U.S. Americans, this is a very startling realization, because their work forms the core of the golden age of the Broadway musical. But not all of their shows were so enormously successful either. We're going to hear from two shows of theirs that were not so stunningly successful and that are either problematic from our present-day perspective or are simply difficult to revive even if much of the music is beautiful. Okay, the first one is Flower Drum Song. This is a musical that is set in San Francisco's Chinatown. It's about assimilation versus tradition. One of the brightest stars of this production was young Pat Suzuki, who portrayed the role of the cabaret singer Linda Lowe. She was successful enough in her single Broadway appearance that she was signed to a recording contract with RCA Records, 
for whom she made, I believe it was four different LPs over the course of a few years. I have just recently discovered Pat Suzuki. I mean, I knew her name, but I was not familiar with her singing. And man, is she a powerhouse. She's a phenomenal, phenomenal interpreter. Of course, she's got, you know, the brash, over-the-top charisma to pull off a song like I Enjoy Being a Girl. But on one of her RCA records called Broadway 59, she sang a number of songs from Flower Drum Song that belonged to other characters, including this one that's called Love Look Away, which is sung by the tragic character of Helen Chow, who was originally portrayed on Broadway by Arabella Hong, again in her sole and solitary Broadway appearance. Suzuki has both pathos and power, and I think she is spectacular. Love, look away. Love, look away from me. Fly when you pass my door. Fly and get lost at sea sure I've yet played anything on this series by Cy Coleman. And man, what a phenomenal composer he was. He had so many successes, and one of the biggest, of course, was Sweet Charity, which starred Gwen Verdon, who will be popping up on the third bonus episode this weekend. One of the songs that was written for Charity was cut before it made it to Broadway, and it is one of the loveliest songs 
It's called Pink Taffeta Sample Size 10. And we must remember here also the lyricist Dorothy Fields, whose career extended over absolute decades and who was one of the most skilled and gifted lyricists ever. When you think that her career began writing songs for Tin Pan Alley and extended through Cy Coleman's show Seesaw in, I think it was 1973, you realize how much she was able to adapt to the tenor of the times. She's pretty phenomenal. So, too, is the singer that we're going to hear singing this song that was cut from Sweet Charity. This is Sylvia Sims, a Brooklyn-born singer who found big success over in the UK, but who also appeared in a number of shows on Broadway, including a brief replacement stint as Bloody Mary in South Pacific, the notorious failure Hoop Up, which we will encounter in the bonus episode, and Diamond Lil, a play with music by Mae West, which was her Broadway debut in 1949. Here is Sylvia Sims with pianist Dick Hyman in Pink Taffeta Sample, size 10. The recording is from 1976. When I was a kid, Pop went on the road. Winter and summer He was a traveling salesman What the trade called a drummer He worked for a firm called Juvenile Frocks And every so often he'd bring home a box That was the box that I'd fall on If my hands were clean Pop, let me try them all on. Number 553, the juvenile frock for me. I loved 553. It was copied from an import It was real Parisian First I'd model it for Ma Then I'd hand it back to Pa The pink taffeta sample Size 10 It had 27 buttons, which was sewed down very straight. And the skirt spread like a fan, and besides, it fit me better than the blue organdy sample size Then my dreams When in the suitcase Papa had to catch a train And it never would be mine Cause he'd sell it off the line In Scranton, Pennsylvania But on my 11th birthday 
Papa's way out in Cheyenne. That's the birthday I loved most. Cause what came by parcel post? The pink taffeta failures on Broadway was the show Carnival in Flanders, with music by James Van Heusen and lyrics by Johnny Burke. The show starred John Raitt and Dolores Gray and ran for only six performances. But it did gain recognition in two very interesting ways. First of all, it won Dolores Gray the Best Actress in a Musical Tony Award in 1954. It also yielded the song Here's That Rainy Day, which has now become a cornerstone of the great American songbook. There are so many recordings of this, but I found one by a singer that I have lately been spending a good deal of time with, shall we say. That is the late African-American jazz singer Ethel Ennis, whose career began with a big bang in the late 50s, but who chose to walk away from her career in the late 60s, settling instead in Baltimore, where she continued to perform on a smaller scale. I adore her singing, and I'm really seriously considering doing a full episode on her at some point in the coming year. Ethel Ennis died in February 2019 at the age of 86, so it's a little late to be paying tribute to her right now, but it's always worth celebrating an extraordinary singer, and here she is in Here's That Rainy Day. She's accompanied by the pianist Jimmy Jones. Maybe I should have saved those leftover dreams. Funny, but here's that rainy day. Here's that rainy day they told me about. And I laughed at the thought that it might turn out this way. Where is that worn-out wish that I threw aside? 
Flanders to offer you. I had almost forgotten. This is the beautiful ballad for a moment of your love, and it's performed by the dearly beloved and greatly missed Rebecca Luker. talking a few minutes ago about that show, A Family Affair, which failed so miserably in early 1962. It starred not only Larry Kurt, but also the radiant performer Rita Gardner, who surely achieved her greatest fame as the creatrix of the role of Louisa in the original cast of The Fantastics by Harvey Schmidt and Tom Jones. She is still with us at the age of 87. I recently heard an interview with her on this wonderful podcast called Backstage Babble. She's still out there doing it and working very actively as a teacher as well. Rita Gardner also appeared on Broadway in a revival of Pal Joey, in a show called Ben Franklin in Paris, in On a Clear Day You Can See Forever, in 1776, in Neil Simon's The Last of the Red Hot Lovers, 
and most recently in the musicalized version of the film, The Wedding Singer. There are so many songs that end up on the musical equivalent of the cutting room floor. And one of those is another song by Schmidt and Jones from their show I Do, I Do, which starred Mary Martin and Robert Preston. This song, a real beauty, is called Thousands of Flowers. And it was included on a series of recordings called Lost in Boston, which was the brainchild of James Stenborg. Rita Gardner is joined here by Ron Raines, a seasoned Broadway performer who's well-remembered for his performances in Showboat, Chicago, the 2011 revival of Follies, Newsies, and Annie. Do you creative couple. Of course, they're most famous for the Fantastics, but they also had some very successful mainstream Broadway shows, including particularly 110 in the Shade and the aforementioned I Do, I Do. In 1969, a more experimental show of theirs opened on Broadway called Celebration 
which was referred to as a musical fable and was amusing on life, death, aging, poverty, and wealth, this sort of thing. The show ran for only 109 performances. It was not a huge success although the show did have its advocates. As one of a large number of performers, the singer-actor Ted Thurston portrayed the role of Rich, who, guess what, represented the rich person. His Broadway career went all the way back to include appearances in Flahooly, Paint Your Wagon, Kismet, The Most Happy Fella, The Girl in Pink Tights, Little Abner, The Happiest Girl in the World, and I Had a Ball, all shows of which will be discussed or featured at some point over the course of these episodes. At any rate, Ted Thurston sings this song called Bored, which depicts the debauched and bored life of this rich person named Rich. If you could see the inside of my stomach, I think it might just take your breath away. But no matter how I diet, it simply won't stay quiet. It's like some sort of riot, or like a fiery blast on Judgment Day. <laughs> my blood pressure, you ask me, what about my blood pressure? My cardiogram reads like some comic opera plot. I cannot sleep. I and none of those stupid doctors has the slightest idea of what I've got. <laughs> when I'm in a state of depression, some fresh titillation I just dial the world's finest intercom instantly they send exhibitionists who perform the latest atrocities meant to whet the deadest of appetites as they show each sexy spectacular and erect each pulsating pyramid rising to a climax I'm bored bored Bored! Bored! I'm the richest man in the Western world. There's nothing I can't afford. I'm the president of the stock exchange. I'm the chairman of every board. I've got everything that they say it takes, but no matter how much I hoard, This next number highlights three very important Broadway careers. First of all, another composer-lyricist team, Charles Strauss and Lee Adams, 
probably most celebrated for Bye Bye Birdie. In 1966, they debuted their show called It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman, which is based on exactly what you think it's based on. The show starred Jack Cassidy and Linda Lavin, as well as Bob Holliday portraying Superman. One of the major plot points is a conflict between Superman and Max Mencken, who is a rival for the hand of Lois Lane, and it was this role that Jack Cassidy portrayed. The show was a big flop, in fact, so big a flop, it was the most expensive flop up until that time on Broadway. But it also has yielded the song You've Got Possibilities, which some of you probably have heard before. But there's also this great song that Max Mencken, as portrayed by Jack Cassidy, sings to Superman in the second act. This is So Long, Big Guy. So long, big guy, it's tough to say goodbye. So long, big guy, here's mud in your x-ray eye. Farewell, old pal, you know we'll all miss you. You had your day, so what is there left to say? doing swell Too bad you fell big fella You might as well turn in those tights big guy Take your last bow and look who's the big guy now Well it serves him right All those superpowers that he gave him away <laughs> Boy I could make a million bucks for that kind of talent and that X-ray vision. You know what I could do with X-ray vision? Uh-oh. Chin up, big guy, and don't let it get you. So you're a bum. It's something to overcome. Bye-bye, big boy. You sure entertained us. I'll think of you whenever I'm feeling That's how it goes, old buddy Go on and cry, I understand, big guy You're through and how and me I'm a big guy So long, ta-ta and adios, chin-chin Shalom and toodaloo, arrivederci, daddy-o No If we're talking about high-powered 60s Broadway baritones, it's essential that we discuss Robert Goulet, that actor and singer of French-Canadian extraction, who is no doubt most famous for his portrayal of Lancelot in Lerner and Lowe's Camelot. He also appeared in a really interesting but not at all successful show called The Happy Time. This was the follow-up by Candor and Ebb to Cabaret, but it found nowhere near that kind of success. Interestingly, it has a French-Canadian subject matter about a photographer returning to his French-Canadian 
village after five years away. Once again, the show has a standout number. This is I Don't Remember You, and it is sung by the photographer Jacques Ponard to his former sweetheart as he realizes that there no longer is that spark between them. This show played for 286 performances in 1968. I don't remember you I don't remember you I don't recall a single thing we used to say or do What dancing in the park What laughter in the dark What smoldering fireplace that lit your face with every spark And if I left you once before Somehow I can't recall it anymore That was another girl You're not at all like her Though for an instant when I saw you I believed you were, but I was wrong this moment is new, because I can't, I won't, I don't Here's another show that yielded one big hit. The musical Golden Rainbow, with words and music by Walter Marks, played for 383 performances on Broadway between February 68 and January 69. It starred the very popular married couple Steve Lawrence and Edie Gourmet. Lawrence had already appeared in the show What Makes Sammy Run. We heard an excerpt from that on the first episode, but it was a song sung by his co-star Sally Ann Howes. So Golden Rainbow is based on the play as well as the movie A Hole in the Head about a gambler. In the movie, he's portrayed by Frank Sinatra, and the film yielded that highly irritating song, High Hopes. And Golden Rainbow also yielded one big number. That's the song, I Gotta Be Me. Who doesn't know I Gotta Be Me? I mean, it is one of those songs that seemingly every razzle-dazzle Broadway performer wants to sing. And Steve Lawrence, of course, had a big hit with it, so did Sammy Davis Jr., just because I'm a little perverse. I'm going to play a more downscale version of this, but the singer is very interesting, and that's the reason that I'm choosing his version to play for you. His name is William Ray, and he was an African-American baritone who lived from 1925 to 2019. He toured, as did Brock Peters and a number of other singers, with the Leonard Depore Chorus, and eventually was in invited to portray the role of Balthazar at the Wiener Staatsoper 
in their production of Amal and the Night Visitors. From there, he went on to a fest contract in Frankfurt and sang leading roles at that theater and in Munich in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Eventually, he left Germany to return to the U.S., where he was a professor of voice at Peabody in Baltimore. While he was in Germany, he founded an organization called Black Theater Productions, whose mission was to open people's eyes to racial prejudice in opera, like so many other black singers who went to Germany to start and maintain careers there, he found himself coming face to face over and over with an extremely limited number of roles for which he was considered castable. And he and his wife remained very strong advocates for his fellow black opera singers. Anyway, he did make a number of recordings, one of pop songs, of course, which features things like Old Man River, because that's what one was expected to sing if one was a low-voiced black opera singer. But one of the things on this record is also I've Gotta Be Me. My God, that was a long introduction. But here's William Ray singing I've Gotta Be Me in a recording that, as far as I can tell, is from around the year 1969. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong Whether I find a place in this world or never belong I've gotta be me Can I be but what I am? I want to live, not merely survive. And I won't give up this dream of life that keeps me alive. I've got to be me. I've got to be me. I see makes me what I am That far away prize A world of success It's waiting for me If I heed the call I won't settle down Or settle for less as long as there's half a chance that I can have it all, I'll go it alone. That's how it must be. I can't be right for somebody else if I'm not right for me. I've got to be free. I've got to be free. Try to do it or die I've gotta be me
Now, since we're talking about opera singers performing in musicals, who is the towering figure but Ezio Pinza, who, of course, starred opposite Mary Martin in Rodgers and Hammerstein's South Pacific after an enormously successful career at the Met and elsewhere. Shortly before his death, he also appeared in a musical called Fanny, Words and Music by Harold Rome. This was based on the famous trilogy of plays and films by Marcel Pagnol. If you've not seen those films, oh man, you gotta watch them. It's a long sequence, but all three of them are pure cinematic magic. At any rate, Fanny was based on the Marius trilogy. It concerns two friends and rivals, César and Panisse, widowers whose respective children, Fanny and Marius, are deeply in love with each other. Now from that musical in which Pinza appeared opposite Walter Slezak as Panisse and the very young Florence Henderson as Fanny, comes the song Love is a Very Light Thing. This recording is from 1955. When the baby arrived, he weighed eight pounds. Now he weighs twenty-three. What are they made of, those extra pounds? What can they be? Fifteen pounds of love they are. Fifteen solid pounds. Fifteen pounds of caring and sharing and love. Love is a very light thing. Love is so fragile and frail. You cannot hold it here in your hand or weigh it on a scale. Cigarette smoke, that's all it is. Whispy and curling around Oh, it takes a lot of love to make a pound Love is a very light thing Light as a song in the air How do you start to feel of a heart how many ounces there? Dragonfly wings, that's all it is, whispering by with no sound. Oh, it takes a lot of love to make a pound. Another Italian bass who starred in his own less successful outings on Broadway was Cesare Siepi, whom I featured on his own episode probably about two years ago. He appeared in two different shows. The first was Bravo Giovanni, about a restaurateur who's seeking to outwit a more commercial rival. Bravo Giovanni ran for only 76 performances in 1962. Just as Pinza starred in Fanny opposite the young Florence Henderson, so Siepi starred in Bravo Giovanni opposite the very young Michelle Lee. Music is by Milton Schaefer, who also wrote Drat the Cat, which yielded that everlasting favorite, He, She, Touched Me, which we heard at the end of the first 
Forgotten Broadway episode. Bravo Giovanni qualifies as a real sleeper. As in Fanny, there are two older male characters who are often at loggerheads, but basically good friends. The character of Amedeo was portrayed by David Opatoshu, who's also probably most famous for appearing as one of the trio of spies in Cole Porter's Silk Stockings. Here are those two men featured in the song Breaches Law. And once again, who's leading the orchestra but Anton Coppola? Under a blanket of undeserved obscurity, the law of Professore Bricci reclines. A law of such clarity, profundity, and purity has not been invented since parallel lines. Seven long volumes contain Bricci's law, but seven short words can explain Bricci's law. What goes up can also come down. What goes up, I said, can also come down. Don't you see? That's the law, Bricci's law. Bricci's law, don't you see? The dumbwaiter, the Uriti dumbwaiter. If it can go up from the Uriti kitchen, it can also go down to Giovanni's tunnel. What goes up can also come down. Send your order up and food will come down nice and hot. It comes down to the tunnel and I take it up. Take it up? Where? To Miranda in your kitchen. And Miranda takes the order and she brings it to Giovanni. What goes up can also come down Like a mole I'll dig a hole in the ground When I'm down to the bottom The only direction is up To the kitchen of Uriti Where the food is, where the wine is To be taken for the asking What goes up can also come down Per favore, pass the bottle around We've been down, now we're going up, going up, going up Now we have another Canadian baritone, that is David Atkinson, who appeared in both opera and on Broadway. He is the Sam in the premiere recording of Trouble in Tahiti, which role he created in 1952. He also sang at City Opera, and he replaced Richard Kiley in Men of La Mancha. Before that, he also appeared in Sigmund Romberg's final musical called The Girl in Pink Tights. This piece was premiered after Romberg's death, and there is a number which is one of his most meltingly beautiful songs. It's called My Heart Won't Say Goodbye. And this show was produced in 1954, and that's when the recording is from as well. My heart won't say goodbye, won't say goodbye to you. We 
Remember I said we were going to hear an excerpt from another Rodgers and Hammerstein musical that was not a stunning success? That is the show, Me and Juliet, which had a relatively successful run on Broadway, but has never been revived there since. It's a backstage musical. The production was complicated because it required stage pictures both on stage and behind the scenes. Like Allegro, it is based on an original story by Oscar Hammerstein. It's almost as if when they were trying to reach beyond the formulas to find more original subject matter, that they rather lost their footing a little bit. At any rate, the score to this show is really wonderful, and it includes the song No Other Love. This song was based on a theme that Rogers had written for the TV documentary Victory at Sea. Next week, I'm going to feature the bass baritone Donald Graham. He made one Broadway appearance, and that was in May 1954, when he appeared with City Opera at City Center, which was considered a Broadway house. He portrayed the role of Prince Orlovsky in Fledermaus, singing the role down an octave. Just as a little teaser, I'm going to offer you right now the voice of Donald Graham singing this very song, No Other Love. This was from a radio broadcast in the summer of 1954, in which Donald Graham is joined by the soprano Sarah Fleming, and the orchestra is conducted by Skitch Henderson. I've been able to find out exactly two tidbits about the soprano Sarah Fleming. First of all, on the Russell Oberlin bonus episode this past week, I published a portion of a live performance of Henry Purcell's dramatic Shana in Guilty Night, in which Sarah Fleming sang the role of the Witch of Endor. I also know that she taught at a school in San Diego called the United States International University. More than that, I have been unable to find. I can also tell you that unless I choose at some point in the future to play something with the classy pop singer Rhonda Fleming, that she is probably the only Fleming that you're ever going to hear on this podcast. <laughs> no love have I, only my love 
Shenti absolutely love, but who is not so well known to the general public. That is the delectable Susan Johnson. Susan Johnson had a brassy personality and a voice to go with it. She was such a dynamic performer, perhaps sort of the Eve Arden of the musical. She first appeared on Broadway in Brigadoon. She was also very celebrated for her supporting role in The Most Happy Fella by Frank Lesser, and she starred in two notorious Broadway flops, Hoop Up and Donnybrook. My Patreon subscribers will be experiencing an excerpt from Hoop Up in the third portion of this Forgotten Broadway series. But let me just say a couple words about Donnybrook. It's a 1961 musical with words and music by Johnny Burke, who was also the lyricist, you may remember, for Carnival in Flanders. And it was based on the John Wayne film, The Quiet Man. It was not a terribly successful show. It played for only 68 performances in the spring and summer of 1961. And it also counts as Susan Johnson's final appearance on Broadway. The year after Donnybrook, she was seriously injured in a car accident that affected her hearing. And though she did appear in supporting roles in films in the 80s and 90s, including the two sister act movies, after Donnybrook, she mostly left her career behind her. I'm so delighted to present her to you today. Here is the song Sad Was the Day, which highlights her devilish sense of humor. My man was a special kind of man with a special kind of masculine appeal. I had not a dreamy sort of lad. He was down to earth, predictable and real. Poor man, gone. Poor Billy Carey. I married a robust man, and as a young bride, cooked his meals, scrubbed his floors, sewed the buttons on his drawers, nursed him when he got a syphilis. 
sad was the day that he lay down and died. What a tragic day, just named on and passed away. My, he was a jealous man. I never once lied. He'd come home, nod and say, Where the hell were you all day? Me with all those clothes washed and dried. Sad was the day that he lay down and died. What a mournful day he lay down and there he lay. Twelve years we were wedded for, he tried not to sin. I know where he headed for, I hope he got in. Faith, he was a thrifty man. He had me hogtied, how I scraped. And saved, and how stingy he behaved. Him with all that cash put aside. <laughs> that was the day that he laid down to stay down, scooted away down and died. I have another alto for you. This one, the velvet-voiced Shannon Bolin. She's certainly most famous for her appearance in the original Broadway production, as well as the film of Damn Yankees, in which she portrayed Meg Boyd, the wronged wife. She was married to the composer, conductor, and arranger Milton Kay, and they made a pair of records together that are some of the best examples of classy pop vocalism and arrangements from that period. Some of these shows that we've been talking about were sort of hybrids, celebration, new faces, and another one was called Two's Company. That starred, you're not going to believe, Betty Davis, supported by a cast of young singing actors. The show had music by Vernon Duke and words by Ogden Nash, tried and true Broadway stalwarts. And one of Betty Davis's numbers was a comic-ish number called Just Like a Man. But I'm not going to play Betty singing it for you because she barely manages to even match pitch. Instead, I have this deliciously lush performance by Shannon Bolin from 1955. A girl can get along without a song A girl can get ahead without a sled She can find her Shangri-La without a bra But I don't think she can without a man So though a man is always in your hair Why can't you learn to love him here Before he's gone to there Just like a man He was sugar when our thing began Just like a man When the going got rough he ran Just like a dame I found he was easy to blame But now that he's gone It's beginning to dawn Life is worse than it was before he came It's queer how a man can irritate you When he's round you every day 
yet even his cigar butts fascinate you the moment he's gone away oh he was a man the only thing del monte cannot can our love was a bubble i wish i was in trouble but no he was just a gentleman. Elaine Stritch. Oh my God. Talk about Broadway royalty. Talk about a complicated person. Talk about a vivid performer. I can't remember where I read this, but I found a wonderful quote from a writer who said that every time he would see her, he wasn't sure if she was going to embrace him or punch him. She was a notoriously unpredictable person and performer. And though she appeared in both straight dramas and musicals, that were enormously successful, including Company, Bus Stop, Pal Joey, and Call Me Madam. She also had her share of flops, including Noel Coward's musical Sail Away, and prior to that, Goldilocks. The single musical by the popular light classical composer Leroy Anderson. The book and lyrics were by the husband and wife power team of Walter Kerr and Jean Kerr. Jean Kerr was quite famous at the time for having written the humorous memoir, Please Don't Eat the Daisies. But let's just ponder her husband, Walter, for a moment, shall we? Walter Kerr, of course, was the theater critic, first for the Herald Tribune and later the New York Times. He was a notoriously vicious critic, and so I'm sure many people were satisfied at the failure of this musical Goldilocks. Goldilocks was another backstage musical, in a way, although this time the setting was not the Broadway stage, but silent film-era Hollywood. The show is about a film star named Maggie Harris who wants to retire, but who is required by her contract to appear in a film called Frontier Woman, directed by one Max Grady. Of course, in typical musical style, the two who begin with enormous conflict and resentment fall in love. One of Elaine Stritch's best numbers is the comic song, Who's Been Sitting in My Chair, in which she evokes the story of Goldilocks. This show ran for a mere 161 performances during the 1958-59 theater season. But once again, we are so lucky to have an original cast recording of the piece, which was recorded by Columbia Records. When Goldilocks went visiting the bears They came home from the forest unawares Found cushions off the chairs, porridge everywheres And bedlam in the bedroom when they hurried up the stairs When I come home, I look around and sigh Everything is neat as apple pie A charming little nest It gets me so depressed, I want to die. No, why? Who's been 
sitting in my chair Just me, just me Seems such a pity when I'd share it willingly I want a den that is happy, homey I've got a yen for a lap below me If you were sitting in my chair Oh gosh, oh gee been eating my porridge just me that's who i'm just the type to go foraging for a midnight snack for two when you don't see a soul with your morning coffee you can't casserole and you can't pull toffee if you were eating my porridge oh dear oh been sleeping in my bed just me just one I'd like a two-fisted biped for my boudoir I'd like a tweed hanging next to that dress I'd like to need a larger mattress if you were sleeping in my bed tra-la 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 This next performer, Dodie Goodman, is a personal favorite of mine. I know her, of course, for portraying Louise Lasser's mother on the nighttime soap opera Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman in the 1970s. But she was a seasoned Broadway performer as well. She was a dancer as far back as One Touch of Venus and Wonderful Town. And in 1960, she appeared in another musical review, this one by Jerry Herman, which also starred Charles Nelson Riley. In it, she sings the song Save the Village. It's a parody number, and it has to do with the Women's House of Detention, which stood right smack dab in the middle of Greenwich Village and was, as the historian Hugh Ryan has pointed out in his most recent book, The Women's House of Detention, was in its own way a haven of queer culture. So those winking references in this song, Save the Village, take on added piquancy with that knowledge. Cease, oh cease the senseless demolition. Save, oh save our landmarks from this pillage. Won't you sign your name to our petition? Won't you sign your name and save the village? Don't tear down the house of detention. Keep her and shield her from all who wish her harm. Don't tear down the house of detention. Cornerstone of Greenwich Village charm. Do not disperse the chums I've adored. Ginny McManus. Patty Ward and the rest 
too tender to mention girls who instilled me with decency and truth don't tear down the house of detention let it stand a symbol of my youth out of the night a voice within me stutters make them safe my little window overlooking shutters so i say fie fie to the cynic know that there's love in these hallowed walls of brown there's love in the laundry there's love in the showers there's love in the clinic twas built with love my lovely house in town say the tramp the pusher and the souse would you trade love for an apartment house oh save my house on with a dinner and a tinny and an empty and here's a little bit more queer culture for you mary rogers the daughter of richard rogers a wonderful songwriter and author in her own right, died in the year 2014. But her memoir has just been published, and it is a tell-all book. In it, she talks quite candidly about her more or less unrequited love for Stephen Sondheim, who comes off, in a way, as the great love of her life. And it's interesting to consider this within the context of Do I Hear a Waltz, in which Stephen Sondheim and Richard Rogers collaborated for the first, last, and only time, a collaboration that was fraught, to say the least. In 1966, Mary Rogers enlisted the help of Stephen Sondheim when she had to compose new material for yet another review that was requiring a mad rewrite of material. The show was The Mad Show, based on Mad Magazine. The founder and publisher of the magazine had the right to refuse material that he didn't like. And when he heard the songs that had thus far been written, he nixed nearly all of them. So they had a mad few days in which they had to come up with all new material. So she turned to her friend, Stephen Sondheim, who wrote the words to this parody of The Boy from Ipanema. This song got the thumbs up, and it was performed as part of The Mad Show by the wonderfully hilarious Linda Lavin. I do hope that you will notice all the gay references therein. By the way, at this point in time, Sondheim was very intent on establishing himself not only as a lyricist, but also a composer. So his contribution was presented under the pseudonym Esteban Rio Nido, a Spanish play on his name. Later on, he came clean about his contribution to this song. Like an Apollo, he goes walking by, and I have to follow him. The boy from Tacarembo, La Tumba del Fuego, Santa Malipa, Zacatecas, La Junta del Sol y Cruz, 
limit I feel I'm on fire and I'm breathless Every time I inquire how are things in Takarembola, Tumba del Fuego Santa Malipa, Zacatecas, La Junta del Soli Cruz Why, when I speak, does he vanish? So clannish I wish I understood Spanish When I tell him I think he's the end He giggles a lot with his friends Tall and slender, moves like a dancer But I never seem to get any answer From the boy from Tacarimbo La Tumba del Fuego Santa Malipa Zacatecas La Junta Why? Are his trousers vermilion? His trousers are vermilion. Why? Does he claim he's Castilian? He says he's Castilian. Why? Do his friends call him Lillian? And I hear at the end of the week he's leaving to start a boutique. Cause I know today's the last I'll be spending with the boy from Tacarembo, La Tumba del Fuego, Santa Malipa, Zacatecas, La Junta del Soli Cruz. Tomorrow he sails, he's moving to Wales to live in Chlan, Vyaplug, Gwyn, Gear, Gorgerich, Gwyn, Drubchlan, Tasilio, Gorgorgorch. Broadway has not always been a very welcoming place for performers of color. But increasingly, in the 60s and 70s, we began to see more shows which featured black casts. One of these was the musical Pearly, which made a star out of the young Melba Moore. And when you hear this song, I Got Love, her charisma leaps at you from what we used to say from out of the grooves. She went on to appear in a number of other shows, but I think that Pearly always was a defining role and moment for her. Flower 
another stalwart Broadway performer of color was Pearl Bailey, who appeared in a starring role all the way back in, I believe it's 1954, in Harold Arlen's House of Flowers. And she also, of course, appeared in an all-black version of Hello, Dolly, which also starred Cab Calloway. I'm not going to play anything from any of those shows, but instead I'm going to play you, rather counterintuitively perhaps, a song that she recorded from the musical Minnie's Boys composed by Larry Grossman to words by Hal Hackaday. She included this on a 1971 album of mixed material. This musical is a highly fictionalized account of the Marx Brothers and their stage mother, Minnie. But I'll tell you why I'm playing it. We just had our friend Janet over for dinner a couple weeks ago. We were talking about the role of the matriarch in black family culture how mothers are upheld and treasured. Mothers are obeyed, mothers are respected, mothers are listened to. So I found it particularly touching to hear Pearl Bailey's rendition of the song Mama, a Rainbow, which is certainly a valentine to all loving mothers. What do you give to the person who has given all her life and love to you? What do you give to your reason you've been given? I would win the shop my whole life through. Mama, a rainbow. Mama, the sunrise. Mama, the moon to wear. That's not good enough. No, not good enough Not for mama Mama palace Diamonds like doorknobs A mountain of gold to wear It's not rich enough No, not rich enough not for my mama Mama lifetime Proud of every laughter That's not rich enough Nor is it long enough What could I give her I didn't give her Take my mama young Lord, she was beautiful You should have seen her She was beautiful That's the mama I'm gonna always see Yeah With love from me.
Stephen Sondheim also had his share of Broadway successes and failures. And sometimes, even if a show was a critical success, it would not necessarily be a success with audiences or would, in fact, recoup its investment. But probably his most notorious failure was the 1964 musical Anyone Can Whistle. It has gained a cult following over the years, and because Sondheim is Sondheim, it has also yielded up any number of standards. And right now, because there are just some very unsettled things, both in the world at large and, I think, in the personal lives of lots of of people, including me. I thought that this next song would be a nice one to see us off today. That's with so little to be sure of. And it's performed here by two actors, Lee Remick and Harry Guardino, who were by no means singers, but who managed nonetheless to convey quite movingly that feeling of looking for something out there in the world that one can depend on. With so little to be sure of If there's anything at all If there's anything at all I'm sure of here and now And us together Everything we did, everything that's past, everything that's over, too fast. None of it was wasted. None of it was wasted. All of it will last. All of it will last. Everything, everything that's here and now and us together. It was marvelous to. song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Gruntlach.